Okay, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, 20, and 21. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. Jesus was not murdered. He gave his life. Nobody killed Jesus. None has the power to kill him. He gave his life by his own will. That's why he said, no one can take my life away from me. I give it on my own, on my own accord, on my own will. Jesus could have walked off the cross anytime he had wanted. You know, there was a time when Jesus was pushed on the mountain, he, he, he was pushed so that he could be thrown off the cliff. In the gospel, uh, it's mentioned that 27 times attacks were made upon him. They tried to kill him 27 times. And through all of that, Jesus was not touched. He was not harmed. You know, when they were trying to push him off the cliff, he just walked through the crowd. The Bible says that there was a crowd that was pushing him off the cliff. Just imagine a crowd pushing Jesus off the cliff and he just walks through them. I want you to understand that Jesus did not die because he was weak. Jesus gave his life. Jesus did not die because he was betrayed by his friend. Jesus died because he wanted to die for us. Jesus is the only leader who kept the who kept a thief as his treasurer. I wouldn't suggest that to you because only if you have the strength to die on the cross and be raised from the dead, have the strength to keep a thief as your treasurer. Because you need, you, you just don't need the power to forgive, you need the power to tolerate. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah? So I want you to understand that Jesus consumed death in his own body. He took all that death could give. Every pain, shame, sickness he took upon himself. Hallelujah. And then God raised him from the dead. Amen. Okay, how many of you have faith today? If you don't have, receive it quickly because I'm going to draw and you need to understand. So, are you ready? Okay. So, Jesus was raised from the dead. So, if you think this is earth where the physical reality exists, Jesus was raised from the dead. He was not just made alive. He was raised from the dead. And the Bible says that he was seated at the right hand of God. Again, when I'm drawing this, I'm not drawing this in terms of geography that earth is down here and heaven is up there. I'm drawing in terms of superiority and inferiority. So, above the earth, we have the sky which we call the first heaven. And then we have the second heaven. So if you see, Jesus was seated. What does it say? Where is it? Ephesians 1 was, yeah, 20, 20. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. In some translation, it is written in the heavens. In the beginning, God created the earth and the heavens it's plural what you need to understand is when god made jesus alive he did not just make him alive on the earth he raised him up he elevated him to above all heavens which is with god and he is seated with god above everything amen even if he had left him here it still would have been a miracle even if god had left him 
left Jesus hanging on the sky, still it would have been a miracle. Everybody would have seen and you know, oh wow, glory. But the Bible says that he has been not just raised from the dead, he has been seated with God at the right hand. The power of resurrection does not make you alive from the dead. The power of resurrection also elevates you to the highest position. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? The power of resurrection did not just make Jesus alive. It, the power of resurrection elevated him to the highest authority, highest place. Many people in the Bible have been raised from the dead, but Jesus is the only one who is known as the first fruit of resurrection. Elijah raised a boy from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but they did not experience resurrection power because resurrection power is the power to defeat death once and for all. So all these people who died and came alive, they died again. That's why we don't have Lazarus here. But Jesus, he died and he rose again once and for all, defeating death once and for all. Hallelujah. So Jesus was raised, not just made alive, but he was raised and is seated with God at the right hand of God. Now, he is seated in the heavenly places. Now, there's a lot of things that is happening in the heavenly places. There are layers of heavenly places. But Paul is becoming very clear with us that Jesus is seated at the highest level in the heavenly places. That's why verse 21, he says, far above. See, before that, he mentions that Jesus is seated at his right hand in the heavenly places. And now he's specifying far above. Don't misunderstand that Jesus is in heaven. There's a lot that is happening in the heaven, but he's far above so what are there what, what all is far above come in rule authority power dominion and every name he is far above it doesn't just say above he says far above far above meaning you can't compare the position that these rulers and authorities have with the position that Christ is holding because it is far above amen okay quickly i'll just explain these words uh, rule is uh, mm, a power that has exerted its dominion because it has been there from the beginning so for example monopoly. Google has taken monopoly over the web because it has been there from the beginning. So the Bible is saying that Jesus was raised far above every monopoly that is there in your life. You know, Pradhan makes more sense in Hindi because Pradhan is like the Chaudhary of the village, right? He, he, is, he is the Chaudhary because he's been there for long. He's been there since the beginning. And because of that, he is familiar. People already, you know, they are submitted to him because he was there from the beginning and he holds the power in the village. Okay, so this rule is talking about monopoly power that has been there from the beginning. Next one is authority, which is designated jurisdiction. Right now, if, if you are in Gitoni, you come under the jurisdiction of the Delhi government. So God raised Jesus from all the designated jurisdictions. Okay, the next one is power, which comes from the word dunamis, which I've explained it to you. It means miraculous ability. But in most literature, Greek literature, it is also translated as army or host, or, which means like, you know, spiritual angelic army. Okay, God has raised Jesus from an entire army of hosts. And dominion, dominion means... Uh, Mm, uh, celestial hierarchy 
okay which means like you you understand we have hierarchy uh, of rule and authority in india so dominion is given for those people and they have given designated authority they cannot cross their jurisdiction so jesus was raised above all monopoly rule every authority that has been designated every power and the army of the angelic beings every celestial hierarchy that dominates he has been raised above all and then paul leaves one term open ended just in case it doesn't apply all of these things doesn't apply to your circumstances and you have something new like the covid-19 in 2020 he leaves something open which is every name that is not only in this age but in the one to come your sickness has a name the one who is torturing you has a name the one who is stealing your peace has a name if, if there's anything that has a name not only in this age but in the one to come jesus has been raised far above hallelujah isn't that amazing now now i want you to understand something jesus while he was raised from the dead and he seated him at his right hand he did not he did not get over here under cover meaning he made a big spectacle he did not get here silently rule nobody saying authority no 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 he made a spectacle that means when he went up here he made an entire disruption colossians 2 was 13 and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh God made a life together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses verse 14 by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands this he set aside nailing to the cross verse 15 he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him Man I want to read that again verse 15 he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him every spiritual system that was kept in place to keep you under subjection under their uh, under under the subdue of their power christ has disarmed their power he has put them in open shame you know in the olden times when a king would defeat another king they would cut off their thumbs and toes and and the reason why they did that was so that he will never be able to use the sword the bow and you know they will, they will never be able to ride a horse again jesus has disarmed the rulers and authorities the devil has been disarmed he has a gun but he has no bullets he has no bullets to shoot because jesus has dried him empty so now he only has a gun to show you look at the enemy and say you are bluffing you are bluffing that empty gun is no of no use against you it's useless amen hallelujah every disruption in the family every every chaos that is disturbing the order of the family every systematic spiritual power that is breaking the family has been cancelled on the cross in the name of jesus come on yeah christ jesus has been seated far above all powers hallelujah do you believe that and the beauty is you are seated with christ meaning when jesus was making that big spectacle you were with him 
you know he just did not die for you he died as you so that you will be raised with him we died with jesus so that we will be raised with him we are raised with him do you know that you are seated with christ above all powers right now in the name of his power mm. your right now your spirit man is seated with jesus your spirit man is with jesus your body is on the earth so this is your body and your body is experiencing earth how is the body experiencing earth through your five senses your eyes your ears your mouth everything is how your body is experiencing earth but i have come to tell you good news you are not the nose so if you have a broken ugly nose you can get plastic surgery you know that's why people spend so much money on botox come on i'm saying praise god for those technologies because you are not the body you are not the body god created your body out of the dust but you are not the dust the body is not who you are the body is just a vessel that carries your spirit you are a spirit man say with me i am a spirit man i am a spirit man you don't have to be christian to be a spirit man that's who you are that's how god created you the bible says that god said let us make man in our own image and you were created in god and then in genesis chapter 2 when god created the body he transferred that spirit by his breath hallelujah you're not the body so why do you get upset by the limitations of your body you are a superior being you are a spiritual being you are a spirit that has a soul living in a body okay Does that make sense? So where is your spirit man right now? It is with Jesus at the right hand of God far above all powers all principalities. Okay? Now where is your body? It's on the earth. But now where is your soul? This is a problem because it causes a lot of confusion. Where is your soul? If your spirit is with Christ and if your body is on the earth where is your soul? Okay, are you with me? Your spirit man is with Jesus with Christ and your body is on the earth your soul is the bridge that connects the spirit and the body what is your soul your mind which is your thoughts and your emotions so where is your soul your soul is the bridge between your spirit man and the body okay now now the problem is when the soul is not aligned with the spirit we we call that state as the flesh when the soul is not aligned with your spiritual reality that you're seated with Christ you are operating by your flesh but when the soul is aligned with your spiritual reality you're operating from the spirit that's why paul says in colossians chapter 3 he says if you have been raised with christ are you raised with christ that means this applies to you if you have been raised with christ set your mind on things of above see here's the thing Now because your spirit is in Christ far above all power and authority your body is on the earth and the soul is the bridge you see soul has access to this has access to this your soul has access to this if the soul is only limited to the things of the physical realm it will operate in a lower potential but if the soul is accessing the second heaven where a disruption of the rule and authority has happened it will experience something called as spiritual warfare Okay so what what I want to say is spiritual warfare is not for you spiritual warfare is not designed for you spiritual warfare happens because our soul is not aligned with our spiritual reality our soul gets drifted in the second heaven that is when spiritual warfare happens for those of you who feels who feel holy 
and you think that you are battling spiritual warfare in the heavens, can I tell you, spiritual warfare is not for you. Yeah, it, it could happen that we are drawn into spiritual warfare, but we are not, we, that's, that's not our assignment. Our assignment is to be seated with Christ in the heavenly places. What am I trying to tell you? Don't think that you are becoming holy by fighting a spiritual warfare. Oh, I am fighting spiritual warfare. That's not meant for you. You are seated with Christ. And there was a great silence in the heaven. We are pulled into spiritual warfare when our soul is not aligned with our spirit. Hallelujah. What is happening? When we are pulled, when our soul is pulled from our spiritual reality is when spiritual warfare happens. <clears throat> That's why Paul says the, the solution to spiritual warfare is stand firm. Stand firm meaning your soul is fighting here. Come back to the same reality that you're seated. See, in any war that you've seen, you don't stand. You stand, you die. It requires mobility and agility. If you just stand in one place, oh man, you're going to die. Something is going to come. At, you know, the... The crow will poop on you and you will die. That's, that's how bad it is when you are in a war. So you have to move. You have to be agile. But because spiritual warfare is not meant for you and you are seated here, the only thing that you need to do is stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm in what Christ has done. Oh, when you are going through a cough season, when you are going through a cough season, stand firm. Stand firm. Hallelujah. Every fear of death will be driven away from your life. Amen. Stand firm. Now, have you thought, have you thought of this? That Christ has disarmed, you know, he disrupted this entire system. He disarmed it. But they are still there. Why? Has Christ defeated sin? Oh, talk to me. Has Christ defeated sin? Has Christ defeated sickness? Has Christ defeated death? Has Christ defeated all the rules and authorities? But they're still there. Why? Why? Have you thought about it? I'll tell you why. Are you ready? Amen. The days of your pity party is over. <laughs> the days of your pity party is over. Don't try to gain spiritual sympathy by saying, Oh, I'm going through this. No, I'm telling you the days are over. If you know the truth, you shall be set free. Okay. In Joshua 10, I'll tell you a story. Five kings came against the people of Israel. Five kings came against the people of Israel. Not one, not two, five kings. Five kings meaning five armies. Already, it's like they, it's like minority and majority fighting. You don't, do you know that you don't have to be a majority to win? So Joshua, Joshua is fighting with five kings. And these five kings come against Joshua and the, the battle goes for long. And the Bible says that the Lord started throwing stones from heaven. And, and the Bible says that people died more of hailstones than in the battle. If you don't throw a stone, God will throw a stone for you. You don't throw a stone. Amen. And, and, and these armies that were superior, that were overwhelming in number, they began to get defeated. And now when the five kings learned that they are, you know, being defeated, they begin to run away. They went inside a cave and they hid themselves there. But the people of Israel found them. So what Joshua told his people that cover the cave with a huge rock and keep two people to guard them. And then he says, rest of the army go and ransack the entire cities and burn the entire village and all the things that they have. Oh, are you listening? Where are the kings? They're not dead yet. They're still there in the cave. While the army of Israel is destroying everything. Okay? Mm. The battle has gone so long that it's about to 
get night about to get dark and then joshua asks the lord and tells the sons to stand stand still scientifically it doesn't make sense to me my science mind just wants to sleep when it reads that passage but something happened i can't explain scientifically but something happened that the sun stood still till joshua defeated all the enemies right now after defeating everything he comes back to the cave he removes the rock now listen these five kings they have nothing they have lost their army they lost their cities they have nothing but they're still there now joshua tells them put them on the ground and they are on the ground and he tells every leader to come and put their feet on his on their neck and every leader comes and put his feet on their neck i'm saying anyways joshua has destroyed everything right then why all of this drama just kill him kill all of them but he has to do this because he's teaching his leaders that the victory that you saw today is the same victory that will help us in capturing all the other kings joshua defeated 31 kings 31 kings and so he is coming and all every leader is coming and they are putting their neck on their oh sorry putting their feet on their neck do you know that even after jesus has defeated every spirituality every ruler every principality every authority he has not destroyed them completely because he wants you to put your feet on their neck Jesus has defeated them but he wants you to defeat them he wants you to experience the same victory that Jesus experienced that's why Rome that's why Romans 16:19-20 says the god of peace will soon crush satan under his feet No under your feet he will crush it under your feet the sickness that you are battling will be crushed under your feet the chaos in the family you are battling will be crushed under your feet Jesus has done it but he wants you to experience victory hallelujah amen you know sometimes believers call me and tell me pastor sam For how long will I fight this battle? For how long will I fight the devil? As long as you're alive. As long as you're alive and Jesus does not come, you have to fight because you are seated with Christ and there are forces that are very jealous of you and they don't like where you're seated. So they know they can't do anything with your spirit. The worst that they can do is distract your thoughts and your emotions. So they try pulling you down at their same level. See the illusion of the enemy. First it tells you that you are nothing disrupts your identity and then magnifies itself as if it has a lot of power and finally we as fools even believe what what the enemy is saying be aligned to your spiritual reality that you are seated with Christ this battle that you're fighting has been won it has it the match is fixed it's over it It is finished and it is done. Say with me, it is finished and it is done. The chaos in the family is finished and is done. The sickness is finished and it is done. Demonic oppression is finished and is done. The sinful bondage is finished and is done. Hallelujah. So look at this. Joshua tells every leader, stand on their neck, stand on their neck. What did Paul say that you should do when you're fighting a spiritual warfare? Stand firm. You know, you are standing on the neck of your enemy, so stand firm. Stand firm. Don't don't let it wriggle, just stand firm. Take your place. Take your place. Stand firm. Stand firm because as you stand firm, you break the neck of the enemy. Yeah. Stand firm. Spiritual warfare is not for you, my friends. But if for some reason you're drawn into spiritual warfare, stand firm. Stand for know that you are seated with Christ and your feet is on their neck crush it in the name of Jesus amen 
You know, in Genesis chapter 3, when God was cursing the devil, God told the devil, from now on, you will crawl on your belly. You know that the enemy that you are fighting cannot even stand. He is crawling. He is crawling. So for you to have a spiritual warfare, you have to really stoop low to fight a crawling enemy. Come on. Now do you see the spiritual stupidity of what is happening to us when we, when we get drawn into spiritual warfare? For your spiritual warfare to happen, you have to really stoop low to his level. He's crawling with his belly to fight and you're playing with him and then you're getting upset. Playing is fine. It's like, I can imagine. I'm, I'm using Joel and Jeremy's example. Joel and Jeremy have 10 years gap. Just imagine Joel who is 10 years old is fighting with an infant. First it was fun. It was role playing. Now he's getting hurt and he's crying to his mom. Mom help me. What will the mom say? Go play with your own boys. Play with the boys of your own size. Hallelujah. You are seated with Christ. You're seated with Christ. Don't let your thoughts and your emotions get drifted apart. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. That's why we come to church. So that our soul is educated again and again in the word of God. That's why we pray daily. So that our soul is aligned to our spiritual reality. That's why we read the Bible daily. So that the devil with having no power, no legs is not able to deceive us. Hallelujah. Rise up, rise up, stand on your feet because your feet is on his neck. Hallelujah. You know, when you face an immense problem, just do a little, little like this, you know, just crush it by faith. Just you, devil. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity, O oh Lord, that we can call you Abba. We can call you Father. Abba. Abba, we love you. Abba, we love you. Abba, we love you. Abba, we love you. We love you. Father, I declare grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of your love. Grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of your love. You are loved. You are loved. You are deeply loved. You're deeply loved. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We receive your love. Receive your love. In Jesus' name we pray. And the love of the Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's say it loudly. Amen. Hallelujah.